0: hi everybody welcome to trek trek i'm your host justin chang and with me is randy nelson hey justin how's it going hey everybody uh it's going pretty well uh not much going on. It was a nice, relaxing weekend.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like a lull after the holidays, I'm finding. Mm-hmm. Um, I've yet to take my holiday decorations down, <laughs> uh, revealing to our listeners uh, how incredibly lazy I am on the weekends and how busy I am
0: during the week, I guess. Well, it's still January. That's Yeah, that's my rationale for it. It's fine-ish. <laughs>
1: And then, you know, looking at it, um, well, I did take down the Christmas, the, like, artificial Christmas tree and all the decorations, and I realized there was a total lack of any Star Trek ornaments on the tree. Oh. And so I'm realizing I have to, to fix that. Like, this year, um, what do they, they call them? Uh, Hallmark. I usually get one of the, one or two of the Hallmark ornaments every year. And this year they had, um, the kind of super starship from, uh, Into Darkness was their uh, their uh special Star Trek ornament this year. Oh, the Vengeance? The k- Vengeance, yeah. So I was kind of kicking myself for not going that. But I, I kind of want to start out with a, a, a original series enterprise. Yeah. Mm. And, oh, speaking of which, I saw uh, a picture of the model that they used for the original series uh, enterprise the other day. I uh, can't remember the context, but have you ever seen it? In, like, in scale to other things. Mm -mm. Oh, it is massive. It's probably, like, six to eight feet long. Mm. It is, it is not a tiny model. Oh, Uh, makes sense. They need to
0: get those close up camera angles and everything. Yeah.
1: But I mean, considering back, you know, it's like 60s, like, it was, it was really impressive. Um, I'd seen some special features on the next generation Blu rays of the models that they use for the Enterprise D. Um, and I always thought those were awesome and huge and much more impressive than I expected. I expected? I don't know why I expect like, these little models. But then whenever you see something like how these special effects for movies are always massive. So. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, I'm totally getting into this off topic. <laughs> but it's still Star Trek, right? Yeah, so.
0: exactly. Uh, let's get back on topic. Let's talk about Star Trek Enterprise. Season 1, Episode 9, Civilization. Hmm.
1: Yep not to be confused with a certain video game series or
0: computer game series. Although as we were mentioning, uh off mic, uh Sid Meier's new game is basically a Star Trek game. Mhm. Uh Sid Meier's Starships. Yeah, it even sounds like Star Trek. <laughs> it will be out uh, in
1: spring. Yeah, so he yeah, he's got this thing where they announce his games now just like a few months before they come out. So I never you never know what that guy's going to do but I'm excited for anything that's um Star
0: Trek like in games. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean we've been sorely missing Star Trek games for a while now. Mm-hmm. I mean there was that movie one um that mm. Namco Bandai put out. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yep. yep. No, nope. it, it Sorry. wasn't it was, good. It's was basically Gears of War Star Trek. It, yep. wasn't a, it wasn't a Star Trek
0: game. That's not what Star Trek is about.
1: No, but I want to say, save my full commentary for this episode, but I want to say that this episode was definitely
0: a lot of what Star Trek's about. That's very true. Uh, Civilization, original air date, November 14th, 2001. Uh, Episode opens. On the bridge of the Enterprise, Archer greets the senior officers, uh, Hoshi Reed, Trip, Mayweather, and T'Pol in a morning meeting. Paul tells Archer about the interesting things they've discovered. Uh, it's mainly boring stuff, such as some neutron stars. Uh, nothing piques Archer's interest until Trip brings up a Minshar-class planet that has about 500 million life signs on it. A whole civilization, you could say. Mm. Uh, opening credits, after that, the Enterprise orbits this planet. Uh they want to hail the planet, but there are dozens of cities on each continent. Uh which you know, they finally address this. When they hail a planet, who are they talking to?
1: Yeah, where do they direct their hail? Yeah. They send it out in general. Hello, we're, you know, from outer space.
0: <laughs> so yeah, they don't know where to direct their message. Uh plus they don't know what kind of technology the people on the planet mm-hmm. have. Uh, Tapal hasn't sensed any sort of EM transmissions, meaning this is a pre-industrial society, most likely. Mm -hmm.
1: Definitely a pre-first contact
0: situation. Yeah. Uh, Archer has Hoshi zoom in on a ship. It's an old clipper ship. Uh, Tripp wants to go down and explore, but T'Pol advises otherwise. It's standard protocol to wait for a society to develop a warp drive before initiating first contact, she says. Mm hmm. So uh, this is
1: clearly before the establishment of the Prime Directive, right. which was interesting, I thought. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Tripp argues that those are Vulcan protocols, but mm-hmm. T'Pol says that Starfleet would be smart to follow them. Uh, After all, their presence could affect the society on the planet. Uh, T'Pol wants to use sensors to gather data from orbit. Uh, But Archer has Hoshi zoom in on the people of the planet to see what they look like. And they look kind of human, fortunately. Uh, Archer argues that Starfleet could have sent a probe out to explore, but they sent the Enterprise so that the crew could explore with their own senses. Mm-hmm. Their own sensor. It's like a- <laughs> Uh Later, Hoshi's on the bridge listening to the people on the planet. There are dozens of languages, and she says she could spend the next 10 years studying the planet. She's picked out one key word, Akali, which is the name of their species. Mm-hmm. In Archer's ready room, T'Pol has found a place for them to explore, a remote and sparsely populated city, which will reduce the contamination if they are discovered. Uh, this must be why aliens are always landing in cornfields, Archer says.
1: <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. In fact, this whole discussion that they're having kind of made me think of the... um the you know ufo phenomenon on Mm -hmm. earth uh with the the whole the idea of you know well what if this is what aliens are really doing above earth now (laughs) i mean we're definitely not a warp civilization so maybe they're just monitoring us and hanging out among us every
0: once in a while and uh yeah uh, i don't know why i never made that connection earlier but within broken bow it Mm -hmm. was started in a cornfield yep um in sick bay, Dr. Flox has made Hoshi look like one of the Akali. Uh, she's going down because she can handle herself if the universal translator doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, T'Pol calls and asks Archer to go to the bridge. On the bridge, T'Pol tells Archer that she has detected neutrino emissions from a city on the eastern continent. Uh, it might be an antimatter reactor. Uh, Hoshi offers that some of the people might be more advanced than others, but Archer suspects that they may not be the first visitors to this planet. Tapal does not read any non-indigenous bio signs, but she can't be sure at this range. So Archer decides to go down to the planet with Hoshi, and he brings Trip and Tapal with him. Uh, Topal has long hair on this mission, which is perfect because then she can hide her Vulcan ears. <laughs> and also the actress doesn't have to wear her to Paul Wig.
1: That <laughs> yeah, was a win-win. Uh, there was a funny little moment where, um, I want to say it was Tucker, but maybe not. Maybe it was not Trip. Someone uh, has to kind of pull her hair over her ears for her. Like, she's tried to put it behind her ears. It's like, no, you have to cover your ears.
0: Chirp uh, was pointing it out to her, and then she put the hair over her ears.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I just feel like they've got this connection now,
0: after the events <laughs> of the previous episode. Yeah, it's, uh, it reminded me of when, uh, in Star Trek IV, when Spock had to wear the mm-hmm. headband to cover his ears. <laughs> That's right. He looked like a weird hippie in that movie. <laughs> uh, the shuttle pod lands on the planet, and the away team walks through a city. Hoshi and Tapal are off on their own, and they go into a side street so that Tapal can check her scanner. Hoshi notices that a couple people are watching them. Uh, these people are clearly sick somehow. They have lesions on their face. Um. Meanwhile, Archer and Trip are following their scanners to where the neutrino emissions are coming from. They are led to a curio shop. Uh, it's locked, and Archer wants to wait till morning when the shop is open, but Trip wants to use a lockpick to break in. Uh, during this, they're being watched by a shadowy figure. I noted that it's odd that it takes so long to break a pre-industrial lock with a futuristic lockpick. Uh, cause Trip kinda takes a while to get the lock open. Uh, Archer calls to Paul and tells her to meet them. Uh, Archer and Trip then go to the back room of this curio shop, and the shadowy figure follows them. Uh, we get a glimpse of this person, and it's a woman, uh, but we don't know anything more about her at this point. Uh, Archer and Trip try to enter a doorway in the back room, but they're stopped by a force field. Uh, this surprises the woman following them, but she pulls out a small crossbow and aims it at Archer and Trip anyway. Uh, she wants to know who they are and what they did to the door. Uh, Archer gives her an excuse about b- them being collectors there to pick up an antique, but she sees through his lie. Uh, She's been watching the shop for weeks and seeing some evening deliveries. People are getting sick and some are dying because of what's going on in the shop, she tells them. Uh, Suddenly, T'Pol stuns her with a phase pistol. Uh, Archer brings T'Pol up to speed and she tells them to leave because it will be dawn soon. Uh, before they leave, Archer checks the woman's pockets and gives her ID to Hoshi. Hoshi oh, says that the woman's name is Rian, and she's an apothecary. Uh, Archer stays behind as the other three go to the shuttle.
1: So we actually learn uh, a character's name more than two-thirds of the way through the episode this time. <laughs> yeah. Which was nice. Yeah. So far, the structure of this has been you know pretty
0: spot on. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the morning, Rian awakens in a bed. Uh, she sees Archer over by the window. Uh, she asks Archer what happened, and once again, she doesn't believe his flimsy excuse. Uh, he's
1: not a very good liar. No. He's going to have to work on it if they're going to have more first contact
0: situations. Yeah. Uh, she asks if he's working for Garrus. Uh, Garris is the owner of the curio shop. Archer tells her that he's an investigator from another city sent to look into the shop. Uh, Archer wants to speak to Rion again at, about the sickness she was talking about earlier. He tells her his name is John, and when she asks how far away his city is, he says nothing and walks out the door. <laughs> so instead <laughs> of coming up with some other lie, he's just like, I'm bailing out of this yeah, conversation. He just
1: <laughs> realized that I'm, I'm, I'm clearly a horrible liar. I'm not really caught out for this.
0: On the Enterprise, Reed tells Archer over the comms that they can't get through the energy field, even if they use the Enterprise's weapons. Uh, Archer wants him to scan under the shop. Reed can't find literally anything under the shop. Uh, on the shuttle pod, Trip says it must be a dampening field. Mm-hmm. Archer wants to know more about the people getting sick. Uh, Hoshi says that she may have seen some of the sick people. Uh, Again, calling back to the people she saw earlier with the lesions on their face. Um, Trip wants to bring one of the sick people onto the ship so that flocks can examine them. But T'Pol argues against it because humans were afraid of alien abductions for centuries. So how would these people feel? Mm -hmm. Uh, So
1: again, they bring up the UFO phenomenon. mm -hmm. And they almost make it seem like it was real. That alien races were abducting people <laughs> and then it was kind of a problem
0: for humans. Oh, well, or at least they had the paranoia of being abducted. Mm,
1: okay. Okay. They're like, we don't want to perpetuate this. We don't want to give, uh, these new, the Akali, this, this fear of being abducted by aliens, <laughs> by abducting them as aliens.
0: Uh, instead, she says they should speak with the shopkeeper first. Uh, in the curio shop, Archer and Trip meet Garrus, played by Wade Williams, who played Bellick on Prison Break.
1: Yeah, he's like he's. I like it whenever this guy shows up on stuff. And when he showed up here, I was, you know, I was kind of squinting at the screen, thinking, "Oh, wow, it's it's young, it's him. He, he's young."
0: <laughs> I kind of wonder if he's going to show up on The Flash. I don't know if you've been watching The Flash, but no, um, I haven't. Uh, I've seen the first couple episodes. Yeah, Wentworth Miller and uh, who's the other guy? The guy who played his brother, Lincoln Burroughs, in uh, Prison Break. Anyway, they're both on The Flash right now. Oh,
1: they are? Yeah. Oh, wow. Link the sink and his brother. Uh Uh-huh. The guy with the tattoo all over his body. Yep. It's great. That would be great if he showed up. They could have a little mini reunion.
0: Oh, actually, yeah, and uh, Clock King is played by uh, T-Bag.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. This is coming together.
0: Uh, Anyway, so uh, Trip poses as a collector, giving Archer time to scan the shop. Archer discovers that Garrus is an alien, and Garrus discovers that they are aliens, too.
1: Hey, you're an alien? I'm an alien. We're all aliens.
0: (laughs) Archer tells Garrus that they're explorers from Earth, and... Garrus reveals that he's also an explorer from the Malurian system. Uh, Two years ago, he led a survey mission to study the Kali, but after a few months, he decided that he wanted to stay. Uh, The reason he has an antimatter reactor is because he has a fabrication device that allows him to make food and clothing. Archer tells Garrus about the illness going around, but Garrus says that the virus is indigenous and that Rian is just blaming him because he's the newcomer. Archer wants to look at Garrus' reactor, but another customer enters and Garrus ushers Archer and Trip out the door. Uh, as Archer and Trip are leaving, Archer notes that his reactor has too much power for a fabrication device. In Rion's lab, uh, Archer introduces Rion to Tapal. Uh, Rion continues to want to know more about where Archer is from and he continues to evade her questions. As he's talking to Rian, T'Pol is scanning the room. Um, Archer wants Rian to tell him what she knows about Garris and the epidemic. Uh, her brother was one of the first victims. She originally thought it was airborne, but the virus never left uh, the part of the city. The first cases appeared right around Garris's shop uh, one month after he arrived. Every few nights, people carry crates from the shop to other parts of the city and in the morning, the crates are gone. T'Pol pulls Archer aside. She's finished her scans and is going to return the shuttle pod. Archer wants to remain behind to learn more about Garrus, but T'Pol is concerned about cultural contamination if Archer stays too long. He's determined to find out what's causing the sickness, however, so he doesn't care about first contact stuff.
1: Clearly not.
0: (laughs) It's very clear at this point. Uh, in sick bay, uh, Flox is examining the pictures T'Pol took in Rion's lab. The forensic techniques Rion is using are very impressive, Flox says. Uh, Flox examines the water sample T'Pol took and discovers that it's contaminated with a very toxic synthetic compound that's mainly used as an industrial lubricant. Hmm. Back in the city, Archer and Rian are sticking out Garrus' shop. As they're talking, uh, Archer's universal translator starts going on the fritz. Uh, oh, right, right. He can't understand her, so he goes in for a kiss to distract her while he fixes the universal translator. How convenient. <laughs> How convenient that she then immediately slap him or yeah, right? push him she, off. Clearly, she didn't care that he had clearly lied to her a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was
1: just the archer charm. I guess so. Charmer.
0: Uh, suddenly, crates are being loaded onto a cart outside Gareth's shop. Archer and Rion follow the cart and the delivery man to a wooded area. After dropping off the crates, the delivery guy speaks into a communicator, which surprises Rion. Uh, archer wants her to leave, but she wants to see what's inside the crates. Uh huh. Just then, a light shines down and a spaceship uses a tractor beam to grab the crates. Have you ever seen anything like that? Rion asks Archer and Archer responds that he has. And then they're shot at by some sort of energy weapon. Uh, Archer tells Rion to stay put while Archer hunts the guy down or yeah, hunts down the guy shooting at them. Um, they get into a tussle and uh, Archer bests him. Then he discovers that the delivery guy's face is falling off. Uh, Archer <laughs> peels it, and a lizard man is revealed underneath. Oh, the reptilians. Yeah, it's
1: Conspiracy the- <laughs> time.
0: Uh, the, the lizard guy comes to and tries to attack him, but Archer stuns him with his face pistol. Uh, and Rion asks, is there anything else you'd like to tell me, John? Uh-oh. A lot of stuff. <laughs>
1: <It's> <laughs> Knowing like, him, he's just going to spill the beans on everything now.
0: Yeah, he's well, so he's bad a, at it. He's a terrible liar and mm-hmm. uh, he might Doesn't as well. not care
1: about first contact.
0: Archer and Rion enter Garrus's shop. Uh, Archer has clearly been telling her the truth about himself. She can't believe that someone so advanced would be interested in her backwards people. Hmm. But. Uh, Archer uses the uh, device he pulled out the deliver guy to disable the force field. And they enter the back room, which leads to an underground bunker in which the antimatter reactor is housed. Uh, Archer explores some more and sees a whole mining operation going on. So it's kind of like the listening post situation underneath the Vulcan temple. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. What's up with all these hidden bases. (laughs) Uh back on Enterprise, the crew is listening to Archer as he gives his report. Uh Garris's people are mining some kind of Viridium isotope and Viridium is mainly used to manufacture explosives. Hmm. Back in Garris's shop, Archer tells T'Pol that the drill bits are saturated with the toxic lubricant. Uh the reactor is powering the whole mining operation. But Archer can't use his face pistol on it without risking blowing up half the city. Mm. And it's good that he shows some
1: restraint.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Trip offers to go down to check it out, but Archer doesn't think they'll have enough time. Uh, he wants to use the transporter to get the reactor out of the uh, city, but he'll have to disable the dampening field first. I know they're very hesitant to use the transporter, but why couldn't they beam Trip down to the surface?
1: Yeah, right?
0: If <laughs> it was that big of an emergency.
1: I mean, they've used it a couple of times now to transport humans with no ill effect. So I'm thinking it's one of those things where it hasn't been fully tested, but they're kind of testing it on the job, right? Yeah. Well, uh, anyways.
0: Um, at the reactor, Archer and Rian are trying to figure out how to disable the damping field. Uh, Rian spots a computer screen with a shop on it and two circles surrounding the shop. And Archer and Rion get an argument about which button to press, blue or yellow, uh, since neither of them can read Malurian. Right. They ultimately decide to press the blue one, but that sets off the alarm and locks down the reactor room. On the Enterprise, they detect a Malurian ship that was in geosynchronous orbit on the other side of the planet, which is why they never detected it before. Uh, Garrus hails the Enterprise and tells them to leave, and the Malurian ship attacks Enterprise. In the reactor room, uh, Archer is trying to shut down everything. Uh, Garrus appears and tries to make a deal with Archer. He and Rion can leave alive as long as they promise to never return. Archer hands Rion a phase pistol and tells her to shoot anyone who enters the reactor room. Uh Back on Enterprise, T'Pol orders them to leave orbit. Trip says no. She says she outranks him, and he calls engineering and tells them to prepare to vent the nacelles. She says that she did not say to leave orbit. She said to prepare to leave orbit. And <laughs> she will not Weird. abandon Archer, dead or alive. Wow. Yeah, I mean, despite Trip and T'Pol having connections earlier, mm-hmm. I mean, he still doesn't trust her.
1: Like. Yeah. I I don't know. Like still there's a lot of m- mistrust among between the humans and the Vulcan. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought that was I thought that the I didn't say to leave orbit, I said to prepare to leave orbit. I'm thinking, "Well, what do they need to do to prepare to leave <laughs> orbit?" When they just like punch in a coordinate on the, you know, uh at the helm and just
0: go. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really get that either. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they just wanted to have that huge argument and uh-huh. then establish that T'Pol is loyal to Archer. Mm, right, right. Uh, in the reactor room, all the power is cut out and the doors have opened. And Archer and Rian flee. Uh, back on Enterprise, Hoshi detects that the damping field is down. Uh, Enterprise has to evade the Malorian ship while staying in transporter range of the reactor. On the planet, Archer and Rion are trying to play it cool to blend in with the crowd. Uh, cut back to the Enterprise. They're trying to get a lock on the reactor. And Hoshi asks what's to stop the Malurians from taking the reactor back once Enterprise takes it. And T'Pol says that if they want the reactor so bad, they can have it. Whoa. Back on the planet, Archer and Rion get in a firefight with Urgurus and some Malurians. Uh... On the Enterprise, Trip gets locked on the reactor. Reed loads a torpedo. Uh, Trip beams the reactor off the planet into the Enterprise, then right out into space, right in front of the Malarian ship.
1: <laughs> it was pretty awesome.
0: Uh, Tapal orders them to fire the torpedo at the reactor, which destroys the Malarian ship's shields. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was
1: like throwing a grenade and shooting the grenade in midair. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, T'Pol is kind
0: of a badass in, mm-hmm. in that moment. Yeah. She's got the, the tactical know-how to come up with these things. Uh, Back on the planet, Archer and Rian are pinned down, and Rian tells Archer to fire at the oil in a street lamp. It explodes, knocking down Garrus and one of his goons, uh, T'Pol calls Archer and tells them that the reactor has been destroyed and that they have disabled the Malarian ship. Uh, Archer says for the Malarian ship to pick up uh, Garrus and the other Malarians. Uh, Captain Starlog, July 31st, 2151. The Enterprise crew has removed the mining equipment from under Garrus's shop, and no one on the planet knows what happened except for Rian. Well, they don't really know that for sure, but... <laughs> right. They figure
1: that as far as they know, only one of of the inhabitants of
0: the planet knows what happened. Yeah, conveniently. Mm-hmm. In Rion's lab, Archer gives Rion the cure for the sickness. He also says that he's asked the Vulcans to check in on the planet from time to time in case the Malurians return. And uh, Archer and Rion kiss one last time and Rian teases him about his broken translator.
1: Oh, your translator must have broken again.
0: Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, this was an, uh, actually pretty cool episode.
1: Yeah, I liked it a lot. It
0: felt very Star Trek. Yeah, that's what I kind of said earlier,
1: um, on this episode, that I felt like it, it felt like a Star Trek episode, um... It's the kind of episode you can kind of see happening on TNG or one of the other, you know, tracks. Um, There was uh, some interesting. uh, It was an interesting approach to handling the fact that uh, Enterprise hasn't really dealt with a situation like this where they needed to go in and uh, be disguised and not give away the fact that they were highly advanced aliens.
0: Although Um, Archer kind of couldn't do that <laughs> no he's he's kind of bad like at in that. these
1: situations i think in the future he either needs to step up his uh non-first contact making ways or just let other people go down to the planet mm-hmm. so uh we'll have to see what happens i'm guessing this won't be the the last time that we see a situation like this on enterprise um but no i i liked uh i liked the Alien race that they came up with. I liked the, this is general plot. It followed a very satisfying kind of arc. Um, you know, they had something going on. I mean, I guess if anything, I'd just say, you know, it's kind of, I feel like I've kind of seen this, uh, this story before on Star Trek, but maybe that's one of the reasons I liked it is that it was kind of comfy. It was comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it, just seemed well-written. It also just felt very Star Trek compared to some of the other episodes of Enterprise so far. Um, and I don't know if that's, you know, sort of the writers and director having worked on the series before on other Star Trek series, uh, bringing some of that kind of look and feel to this one. Um, but no, I, I actually liked it a lot. I mean, I'm not too sure there's... I don't feel like I have a whole lot to say about it. It was... It was good, but it wasn't remarkable. It was a
0: very straightforward episode. Mm hmm. Um, but it, it
1: wasn't. There have been straightforward episodes on Enterprise so far, but maybe what we've kind of talked about before is that they're a little too simple. And at least this one was a little. Um, this one and the one before it um, were a little. Or, or rather, the. Um, there, there were multiple things going on in the episode, basically. It wasn't super simple.
0: But man, uh, Bellic, he's always playing the, uh, heel, I guess. Yeah.
1: What's, what's going on with that guy? (laughs) But, uh, I have a feeling that we might see these guys again. The Malurians? Yeah. It's, I feel like they're not gonna just curl up and run away. Right. But no, I liked, uh, I liked this episode. Um, it was, uh, It was kind of nice at one point to see, like I said, that little bit of friendliness between Trip and T'Pol. But then they went later on in the episode, like you mentioned, and they sort of backtracked that to where he wasn't going to listen to her. Um, So like you said, that there was still this sort of um, distrust there between the humans and the Vulcan. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I... I want to say it was, you know, it was kind of cool to see that's the kind of, uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, Star Trek Four, The Voyage Home, where they had to blend in among, you know, modern day at the time, human <laughs> society. So there was definitely that part of it. Um, we got to see Archer be a little more Kirk-like, you know, kind of just following the faith of his heart. <laughs> <laughs> also a ladies man. Yeah. Um but definitely not he's not Picard. I'm just gonna say that oh, when it no it comes to diplomacy and uh handling himself in s- tricky situations. um we've seen Picard before uh in these sort of you know um having you pretend he's someone he's not, and he does a much better job,
0: yeah, I mean Archer is very much in the Kirk mold though mm hmm yeah, but uh. Yeah, I would definitely say this is one of the the
1: best episodes so far. I do think uh I don't know how you feel, but I f- do feel that like, the past 3 episodes have been probably the strongest um mm-hmm. besides the pilot so far, and I f- I hope that they keep up this momentum of staying good. Well,
0: it makes sense cuz you know, by the time they've written these episodes, most likely the show has been on the air, They the actors know their characters a bit better. Mhm. Uh the writers know the characters a bit better.
1: Mhm. Well, so I guess we'll see what happens next time. Yeah, next time is uh, "Fortunate Son." Hmm. So the Credence Clearwater song mm-hmm. <laughs> has inspired a episode of Enterprise. Go
0: sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited. Looking forward to it. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye.